0: Welcome to Frequency Matters, the RF Microwave Update series. I'm Pat Hindle, and I'm here with my co host Eric Heim. This episode, we're going to continue our coverage of the June Semiconductor themed issue and address the products. As a reminder, the cover feature is Indium Phosphide HBT Technology Advantages, Applications, and Future Challenges, as written by authors from Keysight Technologies. This article discusses the evolution of Indium Phosphide devices and takes a look to the future for supporting higher frequencies like 6G. Eric, what do we have for our product feature?
1: Thanks, Pat. Uh, we had a really interesting product feature in the June issue. Uh, Rosenberger out of Germany has developed a contactless connector system that includes a 60 gigahertz antenna setup. Uh, this technique allows touchless connections that can achieve data rates into the gigabit per second range in full duplex operation. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, they're targeting Industry 4.0 high-wear and tear connection applications and it's a portfolio of product solutions, so they're offering a lot of flexibility and capability to users. Uh, the product feature gets into a lot more detail, and it's an interesting development.
0: Yeah, and so for tech briefs, we had two. One was the armored ultra-flexible RF cables that offer better phase stability from Hasco, and also hybrid circulator family that operates from 70 to 133 gigahertz from Micro Harmonics. And uh, turning to the news, YOL released their annual uh, GAN report, and they said that the telecom infrastructure market that GAN has penetrated various base station applications with its higher power and higher frequency performance benefits. The higher power added efficiency and broadband capability at frequencies above 3 gigahertz has given it an advantage over LDMOS. They project that the GAN-based telecom infrastructure device market will represent 45% of the total market by 2028. And last year, SETI, Corvo, and Wolfspeed were the leading players in the RF GAN device business, and then NXP gained significant growth share. In the defense segment, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, and Chinese CETC were leading the GAN adoption, and also the Department of Defense trusted foundries of Wolfspeed and Corvo played a role. And it was interesting to note that over the last few years, uh, players like ST Microelectronics with Macom, OMIC, Infineon, and foundries like Global Foundries and UMC have been working on introducing RF-GAN on silicon technology. I know Eric and I have been following this for many years. As a telecom small cell requires PAs with lower power, the GAN on silicon could find a sweet spot in the massive MIMO base stations below 10 watts. And uh, you'll expect to see these entering the market this year. So it'll be interesting to follow that because it's been quite a long time. And the June 2023 edition of the Ericsson Mobility Report shows that despite geopolitical challenges and economic slowdowns in some markets, communication service providers are continuing to invest in 5G. Following the launch of 5G services in October 2022, the 5G Indian market is witnessing huge network deployments under its Digital India Initiative. 5G subscriptions in India have reached about 10 million by the end of 2022 and are estimated to account for 57% of the mobile subscriptions in the country by the end of 2028. And this report also reveals that the uptake in 5G subscriptions in North America has been stronger than expected in the previous forecasts, and at the end of 2022, the region is the highest 5G global subscription penetration of 41%. And 5G subscriptions are forecast to reach 1.5 billion by the end of 2023. Eric, how about you for news?
1: Uh, Yeah, that uh, Ericsson Mobility Report is kind of the gold standard of wireless data traffic these days. Uh, And also, uh, in the run-up to IMS, we capture lots of product announcements on our website, so I'd recommend giving that a look. Uh, One that stood out for me was the announcement that XFAB will lead an EU-funded consortium to industrialize the European silicon photonics supply chain. And the silicon photonics market is projected to grow substantially uh, and so, this effort will involve silicon nitride, uh, SOI, indium phosphide, and lithium niobate, in addition to photonic integrated circuits. So, all topics of interest to this community. Uh, also, when Semiconductors was busy announcing a 50 volt, quarter micron RF GAN process, along with their next generation 0.15 micron T gate gas process targeting millimeter
0: wave, E mode, and D mode PMs. Uh, So
1: the entire industry has been
0: busy. And uh, turning to events, IMS was a huge success this year. It was back to pre-COVID numbers with more than 9,200 registrants and more than 2,700 delegates in San Diego. Uh, You and I saw several trends, including the digitization of RF as shown by companies like Integra Technologies, Spectrum Control, and Mercury. And I also noted a couple more companies in the reconfigurable intelligent surfaces market and that was TMY Tech and YT Tech. So both of those are getting expansion to that area. We had previously seen greener wave there. We also are seeing more companies working the sub terahertz frequencies, and these include Rodin Schwartz and Keysight and Erritzu, of course, and also Mari Focus, Virginia Diodes, and Aravant. And to me, the two biggest announcements, which we had said on the floor there, were the introduction of the Memo Micro MEM switches into the Pickering switch matrices. We think this will really be a big thing in that market. And also the mixed signal front-end announcement from Analog Devices, their second generation, very capable device. And you can check out our full coverage of IMS 2023 in our upcoming wrap-up article, due out any day now. And we also did a daily frequency matters from the show floor. So those are already posted too, so check out our website for those. We did 35 demos and interviews, uh, so we'll be posting those as they come out. So, Eric, how was IMS for you? Yeah, uh, first of all, excellent
1: show. Lots of energy, lots of traffic on the floor. Uh, It was good to catch up with old friends and see those aisle and booth discussions uh, where you know problems were being solved. Maybe not what problems, but problems were being solved. Uh, One trend that stood out to me was integration. Now, the industry has been talking about that for years, uh, but that integration was mostly about expanding uh, the box, if you will, around components in the RF or digital domain. What I saw at IMS, at companies like Corvo, P-Semi, Analog Devices, Microchip, was integration of functions that you might not consider to be in a particular company's portfolio. Uh, So we discussed some interesting solutions being used to acquire these new capabilities. Uh, The other trend that I mentioned in one of our wrap-ups was that it's got to be fun to be an engineer these days. Uh, The EDA simulation test of measurement capabilities that I saw were really impressive. Uh, That segment is certainly making some really useful tools available to the industry. uh, And in response, the industry is working very hard. Uh, So with that, that wraps up this episode. Our sponsor is RFMW. RFMW is a technical distributor of RF and microwave products, along with the recent addition of power management products. When you start your next design, consider their multiple product lines. And remember, as a member of the industry, a subscription to Microwave Journal is free, so please visit our website and subscribe today if you're not already a reader. Uh, Thanks for watching, and join us next time for another Frequency
0: Matters.